Hello and welcome to the Use Because podcast. Deeper learning from the best business minds to have ever put pen to paper. For the strength of the pack is the wolf. And the strength of the wolf is the pack. This book, Legacy, by James Kerr, is full of incredible quotes. And that quote is from Rudyard Kipling. That essentially what they're saying, if it's not obvious, is that leadership isn't just about one person or success in a team is not just about individual excellence it's about everyone being excellent together and everybody doing what they say they're going to do when they say they're going to do it that's how you build trust in a team and it's from that trust that success comes according to the all blacks winning takes talent but to repeat it takes character and that quote there from rudyard kipling about the, the wolf pack is hugely important and hugely obvious really when you think about it but they also quote an an Arabic proverb where it says it's better to have a thousand enemies outside the tent than to have one inside the tent or according to the All Blacks no dickheads that's the way they look at it there can be no dickheads in this team nobody's bigger than the team and in the in this very first story they tell in this book they actually talk about what the All Blacks do after they finish a game win lose or draw after they've had their debrief after they've spoken to the media they do something very interesting and it's actually one of the things i'm going to tag it on to the end of this podcast it's from lesson one uh, which uh, from the course we've d- developed based on this book and it's called sweep the sheds uh, so we'll do it's, uh, it's it's an interesting mentality that the all blacks have when it comes to maintaining that that humility in a team so this book is all about the All Blacks. It's all about how they built this culture of being self-contained and of being responsible for themselves and their own actions. They asked themselves a lot of big questions uh, back when they revitalized the team back in the about, about 10 or 15 years ago. They've always been a very successful team, but about 10, 15 years ago, they revitalized the team. And one of the big questions they asked themselves was, what does it actually mean to be an All Black? And it can all sound a little bit wishy-washy when you start thinking about these things, but it's from these kernels, it's from these little ideas, or these, these phrases or ideas, that real results come. And one of the answers they gave to that question is, what does it mean to be an All Black? Well, what it means is that we are custodians of the jersey. We are. We want to be good ancestors. That's what they. That's the way they look at it. They want to be good ancestors. They want to make sure that they understand that they are existing in a in a blip uh, between two infinities. Really, you know, the past and the future. They exist for this one little blip, and they want to pass on the jersey to the next generation, and they want to pass it on in a better state than what they found it in. Or it's what the uh, the, the phrase kaizen means. If you've ever heard of that, it means continuous and never-ending improvement. And that's the way it should be. In the book as well, they talk about Clive Woodward, who was a very successful English captain, or an English manager, I should say, or coach, uh, for the English rugby team. And what he looked for was the marginal gains. And he would talk about uh, what would happen between driveway and driveway. So when the individual player left his house, what are the 1% improvements we could make from the second he leaves his front door until we until he arrives back at his front door every little bit along the way to make him a, a better rugby player so this is these are the kinds of things that I talk about in this book and i'm kind of jumping a bit all over the place here but it's because it's <laughs> this is an incredible book about leadership and it's so well laid out there's 15 lessons in it about how to become a leader 
and one of the things you should look for in yourself. One other thing just about that marginal gains, I actually can't remember if it's in this book or in uh, Black Box Thinking or in some other book completely, but it's about Bradley Wiggins, who is a, an, or was an Olympic cyclist. When it comes to marginal gains, what they used to do for Bradley Wiggins when he was on the Tour de France is they would bring his bed, his own, his own actual bed from his house, bring it around with them with his own sheets, his own duvet or quilt, whatever it was, so that when he got into bed at night, that was like a marginal gain that he was actually getting into his own bed and not into a into a hotel bed every night after night. Really interesting when you think about the psychology behind those kinds of things. You see, leadership is about these small wins. It's about doing the little things correctly um, and, and allowing those those little victories to build up into bigger victories. And it's one of the things they talk about in this book as well is uh, John Wooden, who was the UCLA Bruins uh, head coach. And I think they won like seven seasons in a row playing basketball or whatever it was. I think it was basketball. And what they say about this guy is that when he was giving his speeches in the locker room before the season would start, say before the first game of the season, he would spend an inordinate amount of time getting the players to spend uh, time putting their socks on correctly. The idea being, obviously, people don't have to put their socks on, but he, he, the idea would be that if you look after the this, this small details, it's going to build into something much more useful eventually. And then Vince Lombardi, who the, uh, the Super Bowl trophy is named after in American football, at the start of every season, he'd hold up a football to these, you know, uh, superstars, and he would say, gentlemen, this is a football. The aim of the game is to get this ball to the other end. And he just explained the rules of the game as if he was explaining it to a six-year-old who didn't understand anything about American football. But the whole idea was to make sure that everyone was on the same page. But what we're all trying to achieve here, there isn't room for, you know, egos. There isn't room for uh, uh, superstars. Even though those superstars will naturally break out and they'll make themselves known throughout the season, like just like Michael Jordan did in the in the Chicago Bulls. As long as everyone is pulling together, as long as everyone has the same objective, that's what leaders should be able to do. They should be able to pull everyone together, to have a, a compelling vision of the future and a solid plan for getting there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to just spin through the, the 15 key, key takeaways, I suppose, for this, uh, for this book. I suggest you read this book and take the course and we make it available on, on usebecause.com. The first thing they talk about is something I've touched on already, is that uh, humility is a strength. That's the first thing that they talk about in the first chapter, is having humility. There's an interview that was given, and they mentioned it in the book, with uh, Rich McCaw, who was the all-black captain, uh, the most successful all-black captain at the time of the writing of the book. And um, he, he was asked about one of the England players who had done a swan dive, right, when they scored a try. Uh, that I, as far as an old when you kind of show off, like you don't just like run over the the uh, the touchline and uh, you know put the ball down, score a try. You kind of dive over it and kind of make a big kind of gesture as you're doing it to show how great you are. And he was asked how he felt about that. Richard McCall, the the All Blacks captain, and he said he would never see uh, an All Black doing that. We would die of uh, of shame and embarrassment because that's just not how they play the game. We're not there to show off. We're there to to win the game, but to do it in a in a very particular way. Seconding then is uh, personal discipline. They talk about having personal discipline off the pitch relates to the kind of discipline you have on the pitch. 
that you cannot switch between the two and that's what a good leader does that's what leadership is about is being is about doing the right things when somebody isn't there to see you doing the right things to make sure that you are uh living by your own values and that your values match up with what the team is actually looking for the next one is to have character it's vital to success and they say in the book no assholes allowed or no dickheads right character that's who you are that supersedes reputation reputation is what others think you are and talent is completely overrated it's the sum of the characters that make a team so like i said earlier on winning takes talent but to repeat it takes character self-awareness is the next thing they talk about it's only by knowing yourself can you become an effective leader with a fundamental understanding and appreciation of your own personal values it's from that self-knowledge that you develop character and integrity integrity is so important if you're if you're going to be a leader of a team you have to have integrity you have to your team have to trust you and they'll trust you when you have integrity if you do what you'll say you'll do when you say you'll do it that builds trust and that builds your own personal integrity as well the next one they talk about is uh, continuous improvement and this is a really interesting one that's like a kaizen approach again you know continuous and never-ending uh, improvement but they also say that adaption is not a reaction but a continual action so plan to respond so it's like it's this might be a bit of a, a random one but you think back to um to alex ferguson back in the 90s when they were you know riding high and he cleared out the team now i don't have i'm just thinking of this on the fly now but as far as i know we got rid of like you know some of his best players mark hughes and paul ince and Kinchelskis, i think he was probably gone before that but people were up in arms that he was getting rid of all these amazing players but his idea was to adapt when you're on top that's when you adapt you don't wait to adapt when somebody else starts to uh, starts to take away your, your lead you adapt when you're on top when you've got time to breathe so that your people are continuously chasing you basically and that's what he means about continuous improvement in this book and that's what the kaizen approach is is continuous and never-ending improvement it's like the clive woodward thing the one percent marginal gains from driveway to driveway how what are the little things we can do all along the way that they're continuously adapting it's a continual action it's not a reaction to somebody else doing something it's just something that you continuously do just make things better all the time one percent improvement all the time the next thing they talk about then is to be legacy driven so what's going to be left behind after you're gone so like i said you're existing between two two infinities really you know that blip in time where you exist between the past and the future did you leave the jersey in a better place so if you're in a team uh are, are you like if you if you were to move on from that team have you left the team in a better place than, than when you began the next thing then is to focus but a lot of the time people think focusing means that you just say yes to the thing that you've got to focus on which is true you do but it also means you have to say no to the hundred other good ideas that are also out there you have to pick carefully what you're actually going to focus on accountability in a team is hugely important it's one of the best ways i think uh, I've ever heard or ever experienced in a meeting is accountability. You know, have you ever been in a meeting where at the end of it you go, I don't know what the point of that meeting was. I don't know why we did that. One of the best ways to end a meeting, I think, is to make sure everybody knows what their next steps are by literally asking them. So, okay, so what are you going to do next? Okay, and I'm going to do this for you and I'm going to make sure that gets sent to you and write it all down so that people actually leave with an action plan and that makes people accountable as well it's it's accountability without 
without accusation, I always think is important. It's accountability without people um, feeling like they're going to get uh, in trouble or get accused or that it's a loaded question when somebody's asked to report on, on what they did and, and, and what they didn't do. Uh, but account it's, it's important that if you are the leader of a team that, that you go first, that you say, you know, I, I did this, this and this, didn't get this last one done because of X, Y and Z. It's important that everyone does what, does what they say they're going to do and they do it with clarity. And that's one of the key takeaways from this book as well, that a leader has to be a source of clarity. If there's ambiguity, if there's uncertainty about what's expected of someone, that's what causes stress and causes people to disengage, I think. Is that they don't necessarily know, well, what am I, am I doing that? Are you doing that? Or when, when, when you say ASAP, what does that actually mean? Like, as soon as possible might mean next week to me, whereas to you it might mean in the next hour. You, there has to be clarity. So accountability and clarity, all of those things matter when it comes to meetings, when it comes to, to running your team. It's about doing the little things and doing them, doing them correctly. Authenticity then is the next thing they talk about. And this is the alignment of head, mouth, heart and feet. And what that means is that you're thinking, saying and doing the same thing consistently. And everyone can spot a bullshitter. Everyone can spot the person who says all the right things in the meetings and then their actions are the, are just completely different. There has to be authenticity to what you're doing. You have to you have to have core beliefs. Obviously, everyone has beliefs and, and values. But they have to be aligned with the teams. You have to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. You ha like That doesn't necessarily mean um, being weak. And I think sometimes people interpret that as being weak. The right thing might be that we have to look after the bottom line. We have to we have to make sure that this team turns a profit by the end of the year or whatever it's going to be. And in the book, he says that when you're authentic as a leader, that's what builds trust. And followers love leaders that they can trust. The idea is to marry the self, the environment, the culture, the rituals, and the legacy. It's the essence of a great leader uh, to be genuine to be real and true to who you actually are. And we've all had those kinds of leaders, whether it was a teacher in school, whether it's your uh, boss at the moment, somebody who you know is going to challenge you, not gonna let you away with things, but also know has your back as well. Also knows that, you know, uh, if you're having a difficult month or you, you know you're gonna miss your target, that they know it's out of character, or they kind of help build you back up. That's what you're looking for when it comes to uh, a really good leader, somebody who's genuine. The next thing they talk about then is sacrifice. Um, a primary All Blacks myth is the idea of sacrifice. Find something you would die for and give your life for, right? Which sounds a bit heavy if you're just talking about trying to get promoted in your job. But the first thing is to ask yourself, what, would I ha what do I have to offer the team? Right? What, can I, what can I bring to the table? And the second is, what are you prepared to sacrifice? You're part of something far bigger. And I genuinely 100% believe this that the most satisfying thing for anybody in any role is to feel like they're part of a team is to feel like they're actually part of something and that's where a leader is is like I said create creating that compelling future and having a, a solid plan to get you there and once you understand that you're a part of a team that's trying to achieve something uh, I think that's that's one of the most intoxicating things that a, that a leader can give you is to make you feel part of a team, to make you feel valued, but also kind of give you a clear path to where you want to go. And everyone has had that sense of celebrating a great win in, in a in a job, whether it's a, completing a project or landing a big deal or whatever the thing is. 
gen generally for most people i think it's that feeling of of being part of a team being part of a tribe being part of a gang that we all did this together that everyone pulled their weight everyone trusted each other as we went everyone did what they were supposed to do when they were supposed to do it another thing they talk about in the book is the lindy effect and the lindy effect is essentially uh things that were true a thousand years ago are still true today uh and and that's kind of um i, I guess that's that's it's almost like a truism i suppose it's one of those things that is um it's true because it's true like like it's i always think about cliches a cliche is true because it's true right? it's true people have said it all over the years because it has continuously proven to be true and that's what the lindy effect is essentially about i just thought i'd mention it because it's mentioned in the book the next thing then is uh pride everyone wants to be an all black right even people who aren't from new zealand would love to do the hacker you'd love to be that alpha enough to be to, to be able to do the hacker um, because being an all-black stands for something. It's more than just playing a game of rugby. That's what the hack is about. It's 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 what they want to do is inspire their own country and to um, unite the country as well. Is ultimately what they say. And the the black jersey, the all-black jersey, it's a sacred object. And you have to think about how does your staff feel about wearing the company shirt. It's not like they have to cry into their uh, their shirt with a logo on it at the start of every day. But are they are they happy to work there? Do they do they feel like they're part of something? Is it is it something that's bigger than them? And of course, it might be something that's a that's above your pay grade again. But can you create some sort of ecosystem in your small team that we're all we're all going to move towards this particular goal together? And when we get there, we'll celebrate. And it kind of leads into the next thing they talk about, which is identity. It's the emotional glue of any culture, religion, nation, or team. It's the sense of identity and having purpose. And leaders connect personal meaning to a higher purpose, to create belief and a sense of direction. And then they go on to talk about purpose maximization. What a man actually needs is not a tension in the state, but really a struggle or, or to strive for a worthwhile goal, a freely chosen task. Purpose maximization is uh, it's now taking taking its place alongside profit maximization if you look at any of those big companies that are out there they talk more and more these days about purpose it's not just you come in here and you're going to earn lots of money and we'll give you a free lunch a lot of them are understanding this now that it's, it's they have to talk about what the purpose is why would you want to come and work here it's more than just uh close to where you live or whatever it there's there has to be like an internal intrinsic motivation that you can get from 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 doing your work in here um and it's actually something joe rogan talks about in his podcast a lot that that need to struggle to be to be crap at something basically you have to go and pick something that you're not good at and strive to get better at it and the reason you want to strive to get better is because it's um that's that's what that's what your that's where your purpose comes from is is by if if you had a life of just being you know carefree like you've all seen it just, just that quote um show me a great man who is the son of a great man like somebody could build themselves up from nothing and you know change the world their children are most likely going to have a very very easy existence they're going to have everything handed to them on a, on a silver platter you know metaphorically well maybe literally as well but metaphorically they're not going to have the same struggle that their parent had because there just there just isn't the same struggle 
And if there isn't the same struggle, then it's difficult to become a great person. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's an interesting quote. Show me a great man who is the son of a great man. And that's what they're talking about here is that there has to be struggle and there has to be something that you're striving for. Your job as a leader is not to make things easy. Your job as a leader is to is to uh, create a compelling future and a solid plan to get there. Right? That's that's what a that's what a really great leader does. And then the next thing you have to do is what they talk about in the book is to create that collective mindset. It's the leaders who harness the power of purpose that can really galvanize a group or align its behaviors to to the strategic pillars of the enterprise of the corporation of the company whatever it is so you do that through vivid storytelling right i mentioned this at the very start that martin luther king didn't have the i have a plan speech it's i have a dream right a compelling future you have to use symbols and uh, imagery and rituals and mantras and, um, you know, teamwork makes the dream work, that kind of thing. <laughs> but those kinds of things matter, right? They, like people, there's a great book, um, what is it called? It's called Putting Stories to Work. Let me just grab it off the bookshelf here. Putting Stories to Work by Sean Callahan. Um, it's Mastering Business Storytelling. Uh, this guy is another great book. I'm going to do a podcast on this one as well. But it's about understanding how to uh, use stories to get your point across. And that's like, it's the same in sales. It's the same in uh, in leadership. It's the same in negotiation. When, when we understand stories and we understand, uh, if something's put into a story for us, we're much more engaged and we can kind of visualize ourselves using mirror neurons and all different things. But I will do a podcast on that, I promise. Um, it's called uh, Putting Stories to Work by Sean Callahan. Uh, he's an Australian guy, as far as I know. Um, so have a look at that one as well. And the book is full of... Uh, <laughs> I've, I've actually written down a couple of the, the great quotes from this book. Um, I'll just read out some of them because they, they kind of just speak for themselves, really. But one of them is you can't fire a cannon out of a canoe, right? <laughs> kind of makes sense right if you fire a cannon out of a canoe what's likely to happen the canoe is gonna go arseways so uh you know you have to have a solid base i suppose what they're talking about there that you have to be there has to be forward momentum there has to be unison in in the uh in the group another one on a good team there are no superstars uh we've all heard that one before you know uh what do you do with somebody in a team who's a brilliant asshole, right? Somebody is absolutely amazing at their job, but they make everyone else miserable or stressed out or angry. You get rid of that person, no matter how good they are, because the it's actually talking about Alex Ferguson again. It's supposedly it's the reason he got rid of David Beckham. He was uh, getting too big for his boots. I don't know how true that is, but that's the, the story that nobody was bigger than the team. And actually, that is the reason he got rid of Roy Keane as well, that nobody's bigger than the team. So... On a good team, there's no superstars. I mentioned this one already. The strength of the wolf is the is the pack. Um, so the wolf by himself is strong because he's in the pack, and the pack is strong because the wolf is, you know, it's kind of self-fulfilling prophecy, that kind of thing. The way the sapling is shaped determines how the tree grows. Again, you give somebody a nudge in the right direction at the right time, right at the beginning of their career, or they're joining your group, you're going to set them off on the right path. Uh pressure is expectation scrutiny and consequence i don't know kind of makes sense that one i think and i'll finish with this one this is a very interesting one um a society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they will never see i'll read that one again a society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they will never see be a good ancestor 
Okay, as promised, here is lesson one from the course based on the book Legacy by James Kerr. Uh, let us know what you think. As always, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on, uh, you can actually follow us on LinkedIn and on Instagram. Uh, get in touch. Let us know if there's any books you would like to see. And uh, a happy Christmas. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, enjoy the lesson. Thanks, everyone. Welcome to this course based on the book Legacy by James Kerr. In this course, we're going to learn about the culture behind the All Black team, how they actually go about cultivating that culture so that everybody knows what their role is and the leaders are able to lead effectively. Lesson one is all about character. Never be too big to do the small things. Or one way to remember that is to sweep the sheds. And we'll talk about that towards the end of this lesson. Our story begins with a match against the Welch back in 2010. And the All Blacks happened to go on and win that game by 42 points to 7, which is a fantastic win. And that also made Richie McCaw the most successful All Blacks captain of all time. And back in the sheds after the game, or the dressing room as some of you may know it as, Richie McCaw was the centre of attention. Media wanted to talk to him, politicians and the sponsors, the kids of the sponsors, the kids, friends, everybody was there and they all wanted to talk to the team. And then after a while, Darren Shand, the manager, he gently clears the room so that it's just the team left, the inner sanctum, and they debrief. The session is chaired by the off-field captain and the etiquette is like a what's known as a where or a Maori meeting house where everyone is given the opportunity to speak, to tell their story, to say what they believe the truth is. And even though they had a, a pretty substantial win over the Welsh, there's still, as far as the team concerned, lots and lots of them to be doing. Lots of things for them to improve on. And the challenge is to always improve, to always get better even when you're the best, and actually, especially when you're the best. And this is the, this is the key takeaway from this particular meeting. But then that's when something interesting happens. The team raise a toast to Richie McCall, being the most successful All Blacks captain of all time. But then two of the senior players stand up and grab the sweeping brushes. And they start sweeping the sheds. They start cleaning up the dressing room. And they're doing it properly, so nobody else has to. It's about having personal discipline. The idea being that if you have personal discipline in your life, you're going to be more disciplined on the field. And if you're wanting guys to pull together as a team, you have to have that. You don't want a group of individuals. So it all begins with that personal discipline. In the book, they talk about the great NFL coach, Vince Lombardi, and the Lombardi model. If you don't know, Vince Lombardi was a legendary coach of the Green Bay Packers and the American football team. When he took over in 1959, they were bottom of the NFL. Two years later, they won the NFL. They won it again in 62 and in 65. And then they went on and won the Super Bowl in 66 and in 67. The Lombardi model begins with a very, very simple statement. Only by knowing yourself can you become an effective leader. For him, it all begins with self-knowledge. According to Lombardi, that if you have self-knowledge, it's from there that you build character and integrity. And from character and integrity comes leadership. 
In the book, they also talk about another successful coach, John Wooden, who was the UCLA Bruins basketball team, who won the National Collegiate Championship for seven years straight, starting in 1967. At the start of every single season, he would sit his team down in their locker room for a very, very long time, and they'd learn how to put on their socks. You have to check the heel area. You don't want any sign of a wrinkle. The wrinkle will be sure that you get blisters, and those blisters are going to make you lose playing time. And if you're good enough, your loss of playing time might get the coach fired. And of course, this lesson wasn't really about blisters or playing time or whether or not the coach got fired. It's about doing the simple things and doing them correctly, doing the basics right, taking care of the details, looking after yourself and the team. It was about humility. Winning takes talent, according to John Wooden, but to repeat it takes character. And yet another leader who they talk about, another fantastic coach, is somebody called Bill Walsh, who was the San Francisco 49ers coach from 1979 to 1989. And he had a quote where he said, you get nowhere without character. Character is essential to individuals, and the cumulative character is the backbone of your winning team. His idea was to set the highest possible standards, not just for the great big things, but for the simple things, for the operating standards of a team, much like the way John Wooden would say, put on your socks and make sure you do it correctly. It was more to do with the philosophy behind that, of doing the simple things correctly, and from there, the score takes care of itself, which is actually the name of Bill Walsh's book. Somebody else mentioned in this first chapter is somebody called Owen Eastwood. Owen Eastwood is a man of many talents, a lawyer for clients including the All Blacks and he works as a consultant for NATO and other organizations. But one of the key things he says, one of the key equations he uses is on screen there. Performance equals capability plus behavior. The way you behave, he says, will either bring out the best or the worst of your capability. And what a leader really does is a leader creates the environment for the right behaviors to occur. But getting back to the All Blacks, the All Blacks are considered to be custodians of the jersey. They want to make sure that they leave the jersey in a better place than they found it. And that's one of the, one of the founding pillars, if you like, one of the bedrocks of what being an All Black actually is. When they revitalized their team between 2004 and 2011, they did it in a very deliberate and specific way. They used something that's known as the Socratic method or to follow Socrates' teachings, ultimately. And what they would do is they would ask themselves big questions. Questions like, what does it mean to be an All Black? What does it mean to be a New Zealander? And by having this culture of asking questions and re-asking fundamental questions, it cuts away the unhelpful beliefs so that you can achieve clarity on the execution. Humility allows people to ask a simple question. How can we do this better? And that was the ultimate accolade for an all black and for New Zealanders and for Maori people is what's known as mana. And this word mana, it captures so many, many different qualities, authority, status, personal power, charisma. And really, according to the New Zealand dictionary, it's great personal prestige and character. It's the ultimate accolade to get to this point. So it's about humility, and in that humility is strength. <laughs>